Welcome to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. Through the revelation of God's undeserved, unearned and unmerited favour, we are committed to helping you make better changes in life for life. Let's get into the Word of God this morning. And this morning I want to... I want to teach, but I'm going to teach in a manner that some of the stuff that I'm going to be sharing is recapping some of the things that I've said in the past. And to some of you, it's going to be new, very, very brand new. To those maybe you have heard it in the past, I pray that may it come with a fresh revelation to you. May it come with a, a, a another touch in your life. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. We are still in the season of His manifestation. And he is referring to who? To the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to ask for your engagement today, this morning. Our Sunday school, everybody, I want you to listen to me. Our young people, I want you to get this and get it right. I'm going to try and come down to your level and explain things as much as I can or as the grace of God permits this morning. Uh, uh, my goal this morning is to leave you at a place where you understand when you understand, then you can tap into the manifestation of God over, over your life. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So what I want to talk about today, the objective for today is I want to explain what I call the process to manifestation. Right. The process to what? The process to manifestation. Now, when we talk about his manifestation, we are talking about the Holy Spirit demonstrating his power in us. But you've got to understand the process that takes you to that place where, as an individual, you can begin to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You don't have to wait for Sunday service for you to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. But it is my prayer that you begin to experience the presence of God on a Monday. It is my heartfelt prayer that as an individual, you get to a place where you experience the presence of God wherever you are. Do I have a witness in the house this morning? Where you begin to experience the presence of God at school. Where you begin to experience the presence of God at college. Where you begin to experience the presence of God at work. Where we begin to experience the hand of God at our homes where we begin to experience the hand of God or the speed of God while you are driving, wherever you are, it is my prayer that you get to that state and that stage in your life where you don't wait for a conference to experience a move of God, where you don't wait for an all-night prayer for you to begin to experience the move of God. But it is my prayer that the experience of the Holy Ghost in your life may it become your daily pattern. May it become your lifestyle. It become part and parcel of your daily routines. Where you, you are experiencing the, the move of the Holy Ghost while you're washing the dishes. You experience the move of God while you're just relaxing at home. You experience the move of God on your way from work, on your way to work. I believe that this was the plan and the desire of God. For him to have the Holy Spirit no longer to come here and there. But for him to come and dwell in you forever and ever. Amen and amen. But it is possible to have power in you and not experience it. It is possible 
to become a carrier of power and not experience that power. And many times what blocks us is knowledge. That's why Isaiah chapter number 4 verse 6 it says, My people perish not for lack of prayer. I like that revelation of Isaiah. My people are perishing not for lack of prayer. It's not lack of all night prayers. It's not lack of conferences. That is causing people to perish. But the Bible says it is lack of knowledge. It is lack of knowledge. The moment you are not knowledgeable of something, you don't benefit anything from it. So knowledge is, is power. So today I want to explain that process to the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I want you to listen to me very carefully. I, I think this is one of the teachings that I beg you by the message of God to, to, to seek understanding over it. You might not get it in one sitting, but you know what? We put our messages, uh, we make our messages easily accessible. I want you to go over it, go over it, go over it until you understand the message or the heart of the message. Now, I'm going to begin, I've got, I've got a number of scriptures that I'm going to be going through. Today I'm going to be very so much into the word, into the scriptures. So I want you to walk with me as much as you can. Now, the day that you were born again, the day that you accepted Christ as your personal savior, a great miracle took place. A great miracle it took place. The day that you accepted, or that if you haven't accepted Christ as your personal savior, the day you are going to make a decision to have him as your personal savior, there is a miracle that takes place. But for you to embrace that miracle, let's go back to the book of Genesis. Because when God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he created them in his very own image. When you go to the narrative of creation, the Bible says after God created everything for six days, he then took time and he said to himself, God was talking to himself, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is talking to himself in three persons. And he's saying, we have created everything, but let us create man in our very own image. Let us create man in our very own image. And God went on to take the dust of the ground and he formed man. And the Bible says when he took the dust of the ground and he shaped the body, the Bible says, and then God breathed into the nostrils of man. It was when God breathed into this formed body that that body became a living soul. Man became a living soul. He was now able to respond, able to move, able to think. That was the perfect man that God created. But when you come to Genesis chapter number 3, that very same man that God created was given instructions to live by. And one of the tests that God gave to man, 
he said to men, I have put in the garden all trees with fruits for you to eat. But I'm putting an exception on one tree that I've put right in the middle of the garden. That tree was called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Right. And God said to him, of all the trees in the garden, you are free to eat. But as for this tree, you shall not partake of it. For in the day that you are going to eat of this fruit, you are surely going to die. Now, I want you to get this right. Death was not so much in the tree, but death was in disobedience. Can I repeat that? Death was not so much in the tree, but death was in disobedience. And that is the principle of life. That is the principle of what? Of life. Death is in disobedience. Wherever we disobey, we attract death. Every time we disobey the word of God, we are inviting death into our lives. So God said to them, of everything in the garden you may eat, but as of this tree you must not eat. And what happened? Man, through Eve and Adam, they entertained the conversation with the enemy. Right up to the time when the devil was able to take the scripture out of context and confuse them. Therefore, he caused them to sin or to disobey God. Am I with you this morning? He brought them to a place where they disobeyed the command of God. And God had already spoken that on the day you shall eat of this tree, you are surely going to what? You are surely going to die. Now, that word death, right, it was not so much speaking of the physical death. Because right from that time when they ate, we still hear Adam and Eve talking. Are we in agreement? Right. So, when, when, when they ate of the tree, it's not like they fell on the ground and they could not breathe anymore. But what God was speaking and saying to them, he was saying, on the day you shall eat of this tree, you are going to die a spiritual death. Somebody say a spiritual death. You are going to die a spiritual death. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Because remember when God created man, he created man out of the dust of the ground. And he breathed his spirit into man. And man became a living soul. Can I repeat that? God formed man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed his breath into man or his spirit into man. And man became a living soul. So when you look at the composition of man, the way that God created you, he created you as a spirit being. Right? He created you as a what? Spirit being who possesses what? A soul. Yet you are living where? In a body. Let's ask the backgrounds to help us. Please, let me put a disclaimer. Your spirit is not round. Okay? Your body is not even round. Neither is your soul round. I'm just using this for illustration purposes so that we can understand. Now, the order is very important to take note of. 
You always start with the spirit and you move to the soul and lastly to the body. You start with the spirit, from the spirit to the soul and from the soul to the, to the body. So what God did in the Garden of Eden, he formed men from the dust of the ground, that is the body. And he breathed his spirit, his spirit, his ruach, his spirit into man, and man became a living soul. That is why the moment you take the spirit of God from the body, the body becomes non-functional. Are we together there? When we say somebody has died, all we are saying is that is there is a separation of the spirit from the, of the body. Now, the soul is a very interesting part of you because the, the soul takes, either moves in the direction of the spirit or of the, of the body. That is why when you die, your, your soul goes hand in hand with the, with the spirit. That is why we hear that even when Abraham died and Lazarus died, but Lazarus, when he died and went to the bosom of Abraham, he was able to recognize him because his soul tied to the what? To the spirit. Am I talking to somebody in the house? So the way God created you, he created you as a spirit being. If I'm to put that in a simple statement that I want you to get at all cost, here's the statement. You are a spirit being who possesses a soul and lives in a body. Right? You are a spirit being who possesses a soul and yet you live where? In a body. Do you mind telling yourself who you are? I am a spirit being. I possess a soul and I live. Do you want to say that again to yourself with more power? I am a spirit being. I possess a soul and I live in a body. Now, that statement alone is powerful. If you can, if you can, if you can recite that again and again, again and again, you'll understand what I'm going to be sharing today. Now, the spirit is the God part of you. The spirit is the God part of you. That is the spirit. But what then is your soul? Your soul is the faculty of your thinking. Your soul is the faculty of your reasoning. When we talk about the soul, we are talking about your conscience. When we talk about your soul, the one in the middle, we are talking about your, your mind, that is the soul. Am I talking to somebody in the house? Your ability to think, your ability to reason, your ability to feel. Am I talking to somebody in the house? I like the quietness in the house. Yeah. You're absorbing it, isn't it? And then your body is the physical part that we all see. Your legs, your hands, your feet, your eyes, your hair, everything else. So when we say you were created in the image of God, it is not in your body that you have the sameness with God. When we say you are created in the image of God, it is not in your soul that you are in the likeness of God. It is in the spirit that you are like God. 
So in the garden of Eden, when Adam sinned, and the Bible says you shall die on the day you shall eat, death did not take place in the body. Death did not take place in the soul. Rather, death took place in the spirit. In other words, man was no longer able to respond to God in the very same way he was before he sinned. So your spirit was now hostile to God. Your spirit was now corrupted. So from Genesis chapter number 3, we see now God getting on a journey of redemption. Redemption is all about God restoring the spirit who is dead back to life. Because it's your spirit who died when we disobeyed God. Am I still with you this morning? That is why I said the greatest miracle that happened when you were born again, it, is, it, is, it, is, it happened when you are born again. The greatest miracle in your life happened when you were born again. And I remember when growing up, we used to sing the song that says, It was a great day when I was born again. It was a great day when I was born again. It was a great day when I was born again. It was a great day when I was born again. Why did they sing that? Because the miracle happened of you coming back to life. The spirit part of you, the one who is created in the image of God, the one who is like God, the one who is able to respond to God, came back to life. Came back to what? Came back to life. That is why when you come to the book of John chapter number 3, verse number 5 to 6, it is the story of Nicodemus. When Nicodemus he had an encounter with Jesus at night. The Bible says he began to question Jesus. Up until Jesus says to him, you know what? You cannot enter the kingdom of God any other way unless you are born again. And when you come to verse number five, if not number six, if I'm not mistaken, verse number five, it says, that which is born of the flesh, yes, chapter number three, verse number five, Jesus answered Nicodemus and he said to him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, right? He cannot ever enter the kingdom of who? Of God. And then the next verse says, that which is born of the flesh is what? Is flesh. The physical is merely physical. And that which is born of the spirit is what? Is spirit. So when we say on the day that you accepted Christ as a personal savior, you were now born again of the spirit. So which means that which is born of the flesh is what? Is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is what? That is why we are saying I am a spirit being. Why? Because you were born of the spirit. And that which is born of the spirit is what? Talk to me church. That which is born of the spirit is what? That is why we are saying you are a spirit being who possesses the ability to think, the ability to reason, and yet you live where? And yet you live in the body. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse number 23. It reveals to us, as Paul was writing, the composition of man. 
he's making this prayer to the saints in Thessalonica. And he says to them, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. How? And may he, may, may your whole spirit, may your whole soul and your body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see how Paul, when he's talking about you, he, he, he recognizes that you are a tripart being. You are a three-part being. You are a spirit who possesses a soul and yet you are living where? And yet you are living in a body. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May he keep your body, your spirit, your soul and your body blameless right up to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? That is how God made you. You are a spirit being who possesses a soul and yet you live in a body. Now, here's the part that I really want you to get. When we talk about the process now to manifestation, understand that the spirit part of you, the spirit part of you is the sphere or the area of activity where the Holy Spirit operates. Let me put that on the screen for you to get it. Your spirit is the sphere or the area of activity where the Holy Spirit operates. I'll repeat that. I really want you to get that. I want you to miss that. Your spirit is the sphere or the area of activity where the Holy Spirit operates in you. If you're going to look into your life and you want to find where the Holy Spirit is at work, it's in your spirit primarily. Because that is the sphere of his activity. That is the area where you see the Holy Spirit in operation in your spirit. But if you look at the diagram that I've gave you for illustration purposes, you realize that the spirit has no direct connection to your body. Right? Your spirit has no direct connection to your heart, to your body. But the soul touches the spirit and also touches the what? The body. Your soul, your thinking, your reasoning, your will, your emotions, they touch the spirit. They also touch the what? The body. So which means there is nothing that is in your spirit area that can come to the physical body without the involvement of the soul. Take a pause and allow it to sink. There is nothing in your spirit that can move to your body, to the physical, to the outward realm without the involvement of your soul. Let's talk about the spirit. Let's, let's, let's just see what's in the spirit. Let's just see what's in the spirit. When you got born again, God came in and he revived the spirit who was dead. And that spirit became alive. Now that spirit does not go in stages of growing. Wow, I like that one. Your spirit does not go in stages of, 
of growing. You cannot say my spirit is a child or is young. The moment God revives your spirit, his spirit in you, your spirit is already mature. Ooh. Pastor, this is too deep. Your spirit is already powerful. That is why when you go to Ephesians, he says the very same power that God used to raise Christ from the dead is the very same power that lives in you. He did not put people into categories. He says, you know what, if you're born, if you're born again for the last three years, then the spirit of God is full. But he just went on to say, the same power that rose Christ from the dead is the same power that is in you. Where is that power? That power is in your spirit. Oh. All right, let's, let's pick a scripture that can give us some evidence. Second Peter chapter number one, verse number three. Second Peter one, verse number three. Am I communicating something to you this morning? Second Peter chapter number one, verse three. I want you to get this. It says, God's divine power has given us some things. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. God's divine power has given us not some things, but he has given us everything we need for a godly life. Allow me to look for this in, in Amplified Version. I, I'm pretty sure I saw something there. Second Peter chapter number 1 verse number 3. Amplified Version. I'll read it from here. For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. Can I repeat that? For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life. So, in other words, what I'm saying to you, When God created you and you were born again, in your spirit realm, God came in and he deposited everything that you need for a spiritual dynamic life. So your spirit who is born again is loaded with power. Your spirit who is born again is loaded with wisdom. Uh, can, I, can you listen to me please? Your spirit who, is, who has been regenerated by God, that spirit is full of wisdom. The spirit who has been born again, who has been resurrected, that one is, is, is full of unlimited power. That is why Ephesians, he says that same power that rose Christ from the dead is the same power that is awakening you. So the moment you Accept Christ as your personal savior. God comes in and he deposits everything that you need for this life. Where is it locked? It's locked in your spirit. If I'm to put in a simple standard, I would say 
You've got it already. Hmm? Tell somebody who's next to you and say, you've got it already. Or tell them like you mean it and say, tell, just remind them, you've got it already. This, this is why when the New Testament writers are teaching us about prayer, they say, when you pray, believe that you're going to receive. Is that what they say? You have already received it. Believe that you have already received it. When you pray, believe that you have already received it. Why are they so confident in their faith that I've already received it? Because the moment you ask God, what does he do? He comes in and he deposits everything into your spirit. I've got it already. I've got it already. I don't know about you. I've got it already. You've got the power already inside of you. You've got the wisdom already inside of you. You've got the knowledge already inside of you. you. You've got the peace of God already inside of you. You've got the, the wellness of God inside of you already. You've got the wholeness of God already inside of you. But pastor, I can't see it. Yes, you can't see it because you're looking for it in the body. You can't feel it because you're not, God did not put it in your soul. He went on to place everything right in your spirit. Remember, God is a spirit. So when God is speaking to you, spirit speaks to spirit. Am I talking some sense in the house? Spirit speaks to spirit. So when God comes in and he speaks to you, he will not speak to you in your flesh. He will not speak to you in your soul. He speaks to you right in your spirit. But here is the challenge. How then can I take what has been deposited in my spirit and make it manifest in the flesh, in the physical? That is the process to manifestation. That is why the New Testament writers, they talk about discerning the voice of God. Right? He talks about discerning what? The voice of God. Because the voice of God does not come to my mind. It does not come to my, 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 soul, to my soul or to my body. The voice of God comes to my spirit. I remember the other day when Paul was on his trip. I think, it, I think he was going to Rome. And then there was a shipwreck. And, uh, you know, they were planning in terms of how best they can, uh, they can deal with the situation. Right? And there were different voices in there. The voice of the experts, the captain, you know, people who are learned and, uh, and everyone was talking. But if you read carefully the scripture, it says, and then Paul stood up and said to them, I perceive in my spirit. Can you hear the language? I perceive not in my soul, not in my body, but I perceive in my spirit. And he began to give them the strategy to come out of that problem. Why? Because he perceived it not in his body, not in his soul, but he perceived it in his spirit. Why? Because God is spirit. So when he speaks to you, he speaks to your spirit. 
But the challenge is how then can I take what God has said in my spirit and make it applicable, make it visible, make it tangible in the physical? How can I make it? Remember I said you cannot bypass the soul. You've got to negotiate. You've got to be in agreement with what? With the soul. I like that part. I really like that part. Romans 12, verse number 2. I don't think if I, I don't know if I managed to bring that slide. Yes, I do have it. Romans 12, verse number 2. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature, as you mature spiritually. How? By the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes. Be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind. Be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind. Somebody say, be transformed. By the renewal of your mind. Your mind is come back here. We said your soul, that is where your mind is. That is where the will is. That is where your emotions are. That is where the conscience is found. In your soul. Right. And now Paul is saying be ye transformed. Now transformation is what we see on the outside. So in other words, Paul is saying we want to see change in the body. When he say be transformed, he's saying, we want to see change in the body. But for that change to happen, the mind must be renewed. And then the question now is, on which side is the mind having to be worked on to be renewed? The mind now has to take sides with the spirit. The mind now has to spend time with the spirit. Your mind now has to become good friends with the spirit. Your mind or your soul has to become loyal to the spirit. Your mind now has to learn the language of the spirit. <laughs> your mind now has to understand the move of the spirit. Because as long as your mind is not renewed, your mind is going to close everything that is meant to flow from the spirit and move into your body. I hope I'm teaching good today. Let me use this illustration. Do those who do gardening. I think I do gardening. Though it can take me about three months to get into the garden. Just to do a few things. And by the time I go again after three months, what I did would have been undone. But if you take your hose pipe and you connect it to the tap, right? Now, and you stretch your hose pipe to the uh, bed of flowers, right? Now, there is water already on the other side in the tank. 
But for that water to move from the tank into the bed of flowers, I need to turn the tap on. Right. Now, as you turn the tap on, if you turn it just a little bit, you also get a little bit of water. Am I talking to somebody? If you open the valve to full capacity, you also get so much water into the bed of flowers. Now, that tap or that valve acts as the soil. Nothing comes from the tank without passing through the tap. And it is to the degree to which I open the tank, the, the tap, that I can get water into the bed of flowers. If I keep the tap or the valve closed, that does not mean that there is no water. The water is there, but the channel which it's supposed to flow through is blocked. So the more I learn to play with the tap, open the tap, open it to the full maximum, to the full capacity, then I can get more water into the bed. If I open a little bit, it's going to take me longer for me to water the bed of flowers. But if I open it to the full capacity, then I can do the job quickly. It's the same thing with you. In your spirit, there is everything. Listen to me. Healing is in the spirit. Prosperity is in the spirit. Peace is in the spirit. Promotion is in the spirit. Wellness is in the spirit. Power is in the spirit. Wisdom is in the spirit. Knowledge is right there in the spirit. Victory is right there in the spirit. An overcomer is locked there in the spirit. But here is the challenge. As long as the mind is not renewed, you are going to die a, a rich man. As long as the mind is not being renewed, we are not going to tap into the life that is in the spirit. Ooh, am I talking to somebody in the house? I, 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 I sense a manifestation in this place. Those who are believing this word and embracing this word. So, the issue is on the soul. The issue is where? Is on the soul. Listen to what Paul says in, in Romans 8 verse number 6. He says, if our minds are ruled by our desires, which is the fleshly desires, the things that please us in the body. If our minds are ruled by the desires of the flesh, what is going to happen to us? What is going to happen to us? Or talk to me, church. What is going to happen to us? You're going to die. But if our minds are ruled by the Spirit, in capital letter, Holy Spirit. Yet if our minds are ruled by the Spirit, what's going to happen? We will have life and peace. If our mind or our soul is ruled by the spirit, we are going to have life. Where does life come from? Life comes from the spirit. God breathed his spirit into the nostrils of Adam and he became a living soul. He began to live. So life comes from the spirit. Life comes from where? Life comes from the spirit. 
So as long as my mind is not being renewed, as long as my mind is not being ruled by the spirit, death is going to operate my life. As long as my mind is ruled by the spirit, life is going to become my portion in life. I can now begin to experience the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit because the spirit, my spirit, is the sphere or the area of activity where the Holy Spirit operates. So what do you need to do? Renew your mind in order to release what's in your spirit. It's as simple as that. The process to manifestation then is what? Renew and release. You know what? I can guarantee you the rest of your Christian life is centered on these two activities. Renewing your mind and releasing what's in your spirit. Renewing your mind and releasing what's in your spirit. Renewing your mind and releasing what's in your spirit. Renewing your mind and releasing what's in your spirit. So when you talk about the renewing your mind, we're saying let your soul be ruled not by worldly desires, but let your soul be ruled by the spirit or by the Holy Spirit of God who lives where inside you. That is why simple activities or habits of reading the word become important. Why is that important? Because remember, the scripture, according to Timothy, I can't remember if it's first or a second, but it's definitely chapter number three, verse 16. It says the scripture, all scripture was God-breathed. Or other translations, they say, all scripture was given by inspiration. I think it's in Peter who says, those who wrote, they wrote as they were moved by the Spirit. Are you, talking, are you with me, Church of God? The prophet and, the, and, and all those who write the, 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 the Psalms and the stuff, they wrote as they were moved by who? By the Spirit. So the Word of God is the mind of the Spirit. So when you take your mind and you subject it to the Word, you are getting into that process of having your mind be renewed. You are placing your mind under the rulership of the spirit. Why? Because the word of God was given by the spirit. So the more I bring my mind to the word of God, I'm allowing my mind to be ruled by the spirit. And the more I do that, the more I'm lining up, the more I'm partnering, the more I'm becoming like Christ in my mind. Let this mind which was in Christ be in you. How does that happen? The more I spend time in the word, the more I spend time in prayer, the more I commune with the Holy Spirit, I'm lining up myself with the Spirit of God. And the more I'm doing that, I'm able to tap into the things that God has already given me, but they are locked in my spirit. You've got it already. We've got it already. We've got it already. But the challenge is, it's locked by the soul. You know what? Let me, let me tell you one thing. Please don't get me wrong about this. I believe in, a, in, a, I believe in everything that is in the word of God. 
But I want to, uh, uh, allow me, please listen to me very carefully. The greatest miracles in your life, they are not going to happen because you've been laid down on. It is because you are renewing your mind to the word of God. You are submitting your mind where? To the word of God. Now, this is the pattern of how we are supposed to live on a day-to-day basis. Where I subject my mind to the rule of the spirit. So every time I wake up in the morning and I'm getting to the word, I'm pushing my mind, I'm subjecting my mind to the mind of the spirit. Every time I go on my knees and I pray, I'm bringing my life to the rule of the spirit. Am I talking to somebody in the house? So imagine as a believer, everybody, young person, listen to me. The more you have weeks and weeks without prayer, or adults, amen as well, because we blame we're busy. But you know what? No excuse can take the place of what the Spirit can do in your life. We can give all the excuses that we want to give, but you know what? We're just looking the greatness right on the inside of us. The greatest miracles that will ever happen in your life as a believer, they happen because your mind is being renewed. You are aligning your mind to the Spirit of God. You are taking your mind and saying, I'm going to submit my mind to the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death. And yet to be spiritually minded, that's what the Bible says, is life. And it is the life of the Spirit of God in us. I don't want to be that unwise to the point of dying with thirst simply because I don't want to turn the tap on. I don't want, I don't know about you, but I'm talking about myself. I don't want to be that unwise to the point where I die in weakness simply because I don't want to open the valve that can release power to come into the physical life. So, you know, you are key to your own miracles in life. You are the key to your own miracles, to the manifestations of the power of God in your life. Because every time the power of God manifests, it manifests in the physical, but it manifests in different forms. I was meditating on the scripture, was it yesterday or this morning, upon the same portion of the scripture, and and the Spirit of God was saying to me, you know what, you don't need to pray for money. We all pray for money, isn't it? Lord, give me more money. Right. But the Spirit of God was saying to me, no, 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 you don't need to pray for money. And I was taken back to the book of Deuteronomy where the scripture says, God gives power and ability to what? To make wealth. So where I'm praying for God to give me money, what does God do? He goes to my spirit and he deposits the power to make wealth. So me, I'm standing here in the flesh. I'm waiting for cash. Yet God has already deposited in your spirit power to make that money. So I can actually die poor without money. And I just pray that it won't happen. That one day we'll get to heaven. 
And God is asking, why did you live the life of a poor man or a woman? And then you answer God and say, but I prayed and God didn't answer me. And then God comes in and, is, and, he, and he opens up your spirit. And he says, can you see? The same power that I gave to Abraham to make wealth is the same power that I gave to you. The same power that I gave to Solomon to become the wisest man on earth is the same wisdom that I gave to you. The difference between the two of you is that one was able to open the valve and access everything. Whereas you were happy to keep your valve shut. So whose problem is it? And then some people are going to say, so God, please can you give me a second chance to go back? But there will be no second chance. Because once we exit this world, that's it. It is my prayer, Ebenezer Church. Uh -uh. It is my cry, Ebenezer Church. That may God give us the grace. Let's jump in quickly and have our minds renewed. Because the more we begin to renew our minds, the more we begin to experience the manifestations of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To be spiritually minded is life. Yet to be carnally minded is death. Do you know the simple principle of death is separation? When we say there's death, there's what? Separation. So it's possible to actually experience a financial death where you are separated from money. Yeah. Am I talking to somebody? To be separated from it. I refuse that kind of a life. I refuse that kind of a life. Solomon had to ask God, please give me wisdom to rule these people. But if you were going to stand before Solomon and say, Solomon, you have prayed for wisdom. I cannot see, nothing has changed on you. Your height is still the same. Your complexion hasn't changed. Yeah? Your accent, accent here. Your accent, Solomon, is still the same. Yeah. It's because you're looking in the flesh. But the moment he prayed, God went on and he deposited the spirit of wisdom into his spirit. And he began to continue to renew his mind. That is why even David, his father, he prayed to him and said, Father, I'm asking for my son Solomon. Please make him incline his life or his ear to your commands. Make him obey you in everything that he's going to do. Why? Because when you obey, you are subjecting your mind, your thoughts and everything to the word or to the decrees of God. And the more you are doing that, you're opening the valve. Allowing what is in the spirit to now flow into the natural. And once that begins to happen, that is what is called the supernatural. Because it becomes a combination of the, of the spiritual and the natural, because it's manifesting now in the physical, is the supernatural happening in your life. I don't know about you, but I would want this kind of a life. I don't know about you, but I would really desire this kind of a life over my wife. I would really desire this kind of a life over my children. I would really desire this kind of a life over Ebenezer Church. I wonder what will happen if God can just give us 10 people 
who are just saying, Pastor, I'm willing to embark on this journey. Nah, not 10 people because I'm more than 10 people here. I just pray that God grant us just 20 people, 30 people that, that are saying, Pastor, we, we just want to put ourselves in that realm where I'm going to take my mind and subject my mind to the word of God, subject my mind to the spirit of God each and every day of my life. Just feel like talking more, but no, let me end here. There's, ne there's next week. There's next week. But I'm praying that may your heart be stirred by God. For you to get to a point where you say, God, I, I don't want to live poor when I'm rich. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want to live weak when I'm strong. I, I, I don't want that life. I don't want to live blind when I can see. Yeah. I don't want to live a deaf life when I, actually, when I can actually hear. Yeah. Because, because I'm not opening the valve. I'm not releasing what is in the spirit. I'm not giving the Holy Spirit the platform to do what he can do. I'm keeping him shut in that realm. I'm not allowing my mind to be renewed. But I pray that may God raise you. May God quicken your spirit. May God quicken your spirit to the point where you say, I want this life. I want this life at work. I want this life where there's, where there's a complex problem that needs to be solved. But you just step in there and say, Holy Spirit, I allow you. You are wisdom. <laughs> and you just take a pause and everyone is wondering what's going on here. You are downloading you're opening the valve. You're allowing wisdom to flow into your mind. And once God has spoken, may God give you the confidence, the courage to stand up and speak. I like that life. I don't know about you. Where everyone is crying like Paul. Everyone is crying that the ship, we are now going to die, we're going to perish. But Paul says, eh, I perceive in my spirit. When everyone is worried about Brexit, instead of I perceive in my spirit. When everyone is afraid of coronavirus, I perceive right there in my spirit that it is well. That it is well. Because yeah. I'm subjecting my mind, my soul to the spirit. You stand up there and you begin to declare. A thousand may fall on my left side and ten thousand on my right hand side. But it shall not come anywhere near me. The arrow shall fly by day. The pestilence by night. But you know what? It's not going to come near me. I'm perceiving it in my spirit. And I'm allowing the mind to be ruled by the spirit. I'm allowing my thoughts to be ruled by the spirit. I'm allowing my reasoning to be ruled by the spirit. Let me tell you, your, your, your soul is not going to be ruled by the spirit if you are going to allow your soul to compete with Facebook. I think I need to end there. But let me say it a little bit. 
your spirit is not going to release what's in there. As long as you're going to make your soul, your mind, your thoughts compete with what's up. You subject your reasoning to what's up. That is why even all your decisions you make, if we trust them, you read something on WhatsApp. It's coming from a WhatsApp group. Someone said, someone said, someone said. And you make your decisions based on what someone said. What about the Holy Spirit? What has he said in your life? You follow everything that is on Instagram. Everything that is on YouTube, you follow it. Wholeheartedly, you submit your mind to what the world is pushing to you. And the more we do that, we are tightening the, the valve to the point that sometimes it, it now needs oil for you to make it loose. Because every time you are taking that which is of the flesh, instead of opening in the clockwise direction, isn't it? Every time you take things of the world, you're actually doing the anti-clockwise. You're making it even tighter. You know, now you need more gadgets too. What do you call pliers? Now you need the pliers to help you. And you're frustrated. Can I ask you by the mess of God, subject your mind to the role of the spirit. To be spiritually minded is life. Yet to be carnally minded is, is death. I refuse to be separated from things that bring life into my life because I am being carnally minded, but I want to be spiritual minded. If you have been blessed by this word this morning, I want you to rise on your feet. I just want you to make this prayer as we're coming uh, to the closure, do our offering and announcements, and then we go. I want you to make this prayer. Philippians chapter number two, verse number five. Paul says to them, let this mind which was in Christ be in you. In other words, he's, 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 he's aging believers that, you know what, let's, let's have the mind of Christ in all that we do. Let's have the mind of the spirit in all that we do. Romans 8 verse number 6, to be carnally minded is death and yet to be spiritually minded is life. I want you to pray over your mind today. Remember, you are a spirit being who possess a soul, yet you live in your body. So that means you have control over your thoughts. You have control over your will. You have control over your feelings, over your emotions. You can control your conscience. Imagine to somebody this morning. But let's ask the Holy Spirit to rule over our minds. Ask the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, come and rule over my mind. Come and rule over my thinking, my reasoning. Come and rule over my perception of life. Come and rule over how I interpret things in life. I want to be spiritually minded. I want to be spiritually minded so that I can tap into life and the full peace of God. Let's, 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 let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you for tuning into Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. To interact with us, please visit our website at afmimmiltonkeens.org or follow us at Ebenezer Fellowship AFMIM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also interact with Pastor Danny on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For easy access, the links are in the description.